Napa know-how. There are lots of amazing cars on the road, but perhaps none more amazing than the paid-off car. It may not be pretty, but the price is right. Heck, if you keep that thing running, it'll actually start paying you. Because with Napa Rewards, for every $100 you spend, you'll get $5 off. So keep your car running longer, stronger with Napa Rewards and watch the savings start rolling in. That's Napa Know-How. Napa Know-How. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Flag Flies, the place where we profile and chat about all the Aussies flying the flag for us in the US of A. I'm Christopher Tyler, and alongside me is Lucky Miller. What's going on, buddy? I'm feeling refreshed, Christos. We've got a new strategy to, to how we do the show, a new timeline, time frame. We I'm, do. I'm feeling refreshed, mate. So what we're going to do for uh, it, for those of you who don't know what we're going to do and why would you because we've just decided on it about a couple of hours ago, we're going to condense the Flag Flies now into a half-hour show. Usually it's an hour. We're going to cut that in half. We're going to jam-pack everything into a half-hour show. And we're also going to be starting a college show, lucky in a couple of weeks' time, which is going to be terrific. This is not going to be focusing specifically on the Australians playing college sport. This is just a general college show, and that also will go for half an hour. So in total, you will still have an hour of Lockie and I's voice, Which, so you're not losing anything. So rest easy, people, Exactly, knowing that you'll be able to hear the dulcet tones of Chris <laughs> and myself. But the college, the college show, I spent a good part of an hour last night watching college football hype videos on YouTube. Uh, just completely... You're not pumped, aren't you? But yeah, so, so looking forward to it. Because that's the thing. Obviously, we love talking about the Aussies who are playing over there, and there are plenty of them. But we just love college sports so much that we want to be able to talk about everything that's going on. So we will still have an hour, or you will still have an hour of me and Lockie talking sport. Half of it will be the Flag Flies, half of it will be a college show. That will start in a couple of weeks. We will keep you updated. Make sure you check us out on Facebook and Twitter at the Flag Flies and Facebook.com forward slash the Flag Flies to uh, keep up to date with uh, what's going on with all that stuff. Now, mate, on the weekend, Saturday night, you being the big media mogul that you are, yes, pulled some strings, got us some uh, very flash media cred. We did, and we were lucky enough to go to the Melbourne United LSU game and be able to see the gun that everyone came down to see, Darcy Malone. Yeah, absolutely. Turn on a show. And mate. Ben Simmons, who's another Aussie who's on the LSU list, he was ben there Simmons. as well. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I'm not yeah. aware. Um, yeah. I, I, he was there also, but Darcy Malone was, uh, I, I, I think the, the the player that everyone was. Uh, was there to see? Nah, but all credit Darcy. I mean, I, I thought it was. I thought he a bit of a rough end of the stick, considering that. Really, he, that's he, why I wanted to say that because he really. No one in the um, in the audience seemed to know who he was. Yeah, and it, like he no, he he's just as Australian as Ben Simmons. And uh, when they announced him to the crowd, like Ben Simmons' uh, ovation was uh, uh, was was massive. And but like, when they announced Darcy just beforehand, I mean, it was like, uh, come on, guys! Like even I the cheer. PA announcer, he just announced it like every normal name, and then he said. Number 22. 25. 25. <laughs> 22. Ben Simmons. Yeah. So he, he got right into it, but yeah. yeah. And Darcy, you know, Dar- Darcy's uh, a good lad too. He follows us. Oh, he follows uh, Aussies in college on Twitter and gets around it. And obviously, you know, um, you know he's doing a, a great job down there at LSU, part of the starting five. So, uh, um, no, it was a great game. And oh, it was cool just to be able to... Um, the best part I found of the night was actually in the press conference watching Ben Simmons roll in on his on his Segway. That was funny. That just the gold Segway. But it's not and it's, leaving in the gold Segway. It's not a normal Segway. It was just like this little little foot platform thingy. It wasn't even a full fully fledged uh, Segway. I thought he was um, taking the piss, but uh, it was you know, <laughs> clearly I, not. I think I think he generally uses it day in day out. 
But it was a good game anyway, and uh, Melbourne United obviously came out winners by quite considerably in the end. Yeah, something like 35 points maybe? Simmons had a good game. I'm just looking at the points here. I think he had about 16 points. He had a double-double, 16 and 11. Uh, went down from Monster Slam, I think, in the second or third quarter and completely missed it. He said in the uh, post-game press conference that he just jumped way too early and didn't know what he was going to do when he was in the air. Yeah. So he did miss it. But it was good to see that he was actually going for the big dunk rather than the, uh, the layup because obviously the game doesn't mean anything at all, but everyone's there to watch him everyone's there to, to, to see how he goes so I'm, I'm glad that he kind of wanted to put on a bit of a show for us and, uh, I mean just I remember as he was just running up there and like he launched off and you could feel the crowd just ready just to go yeah. off their handle and then he just bricked it hard it was funny though <laughs> and I was like everyone was like ooh this is awkward <laughs> and it was like this, it was almost like this silence and then he was just like going back, just like uh, backtracking down the court um, uh, back up the court yeah. everyone's just like ooh what do we do now do we just Good stuff, Ben. Nice <laughs> the, try. The atmosphere was great as well. I've got to, you know, put our hands together for uh, for Melbourne United for organising it. It was at High Sense Arena, just about a, a, a sold out uh, arena as well. And the atmosphere was electric. The uh, the pre game entertainment was really good, very loud, very energetic. And throughout the game, there was just a whole lot of stuff going on. It was it was good fun. And I think what this highlights more than anything, and this is this this it shows that. It's just a matter of execution. Is yeah. that there is still a market for basketball in Australia to have a league like this? Because it was, it was, it was a sellout, but not everyone turned up. Though it was about probably there was a few and tickets s- were free. Yeah, tickets so were free. That obviously helps quite a bit. But it was a good. It's a good opportunity for basketball in Melbourne to actually showcase what they can bring, entertainment wise. To the community, and I think they did that perfectly. There was a great photo that um, our friend Damien Arsenis from Pick and Roll took uh, during the game that he posted up on Facebook. Uh, of uh, at one stage, it was just uh, I think it was Ben Simmons, uh, Chris Patton, and uh, who was the other one? Igor Hadzimirovic. Oh, sorry, Hadzimirovic. Yeah, Oh my God, I can't just leave it to me. Hadzimirovic. There we go. Sorry, Eagle, um, Iggy. Um, is that uh, they were boxing out in the key, and it was just—it was cool to see because it was current LSU, former Boise State, and former UC Riverside, all D1 hoops um, uh, players um, back here in Australia. And I think you know the more kids we can get to college, and hopefully if they don't make the NBA, they can come back here and contribute to our league. Because if you're good enough to play Division One hoops. Um, college uh, ball, then uh, you know you're going to have some pretty good ability, and we need to bring that. Someone to call it leftovers for the point of underselling it. But if they don't make NBA, it'd be great to channel that back into our system. Yeah, like you said, we got uh, Hadzia Merovic who played at Boise State, uh, Stephen Holt who played at St Mary's with Delavadova, and a whole host of other um, your boy as well. My boy who. I made a, a bet with uh, with you, Lockie, at the start of the game. I said, uh, if Steve Holt drops 40, I'm going to buy you and me a Steve Holt jersey. And he had 20 at the half, so I was a bit nervous the at that stage. The best thing I reckon in the whole game happened when they were introducing all the players from both teams. Obviously, everyone went up for Ben Simmons. The only other only other loud applause for the entire game was when Melbourne United introduced Stephen Holt. <laughs> and C. Tyler next to me goes, yeah! <laughs> Steve Holt, my boy! Basically just uh, roared through the stadium. The only other person, so, you know. And then he saw him in the press conference and he chickened out. He could have got a photo, but you didn't, Chris. I got too nervous. Yeah. So your boy, Steve I'm Holt. on him. I'm on, cause I've, been, I've been watching a lot of Samiri's hoops throughout the last, you know, four, five, six years. And obviously, uh, I got to watch a lot of Steve Holt because he was on that team. So I've just always liked him because Steve Holt is the name of a character in Arrested Development. And I love Arrested Development. So... There's a couple of reasons why I like him. He's now at United and he played terrifically on the weekend. Solid reasoning there, Chris. <laughs> Thank you very much. Anyway, hey. this show today, 
Yes, we've got a big show coming up. We're going to be, last week, obviously, we had Nathan Chapman from ProKick uh, on the show to talk about all their Div 1 punters, all their uh, uh, F- FCS uh, players. B. FBS. FBS bowl system. And yesterday, while we're at it right now, and another announcement, another one. Someone's going over on the plane literally right now, I'm pretty sure, to the University of Southern California. Chris Tilby. USC. Another Power 5 Aussie. That brings it up that to, would I think, be massive. 15 now, I'm pretty sure, that we've got in um, Power 5 schools. Uh, I'm going to try and reel through them real quick right now, just the teams. We've got USC. We've got Utah, Oregon, Oregon State. Uh, we have uh, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan. We have Rutgers, we have Maryland, LSU. we have Georgia Tech, Baylor, LSU, mm. Ole Miss, Texas. Uh, uh, who else? It's a good time. There's a, there's a whole bunch of them. You said Penn State, didn't you? Yeah, I said yeah. Penn State. There is a whole bunch of them. That's why we love getting Chappie on to talk about it. But today, what we wanted to do is we wanted to talk about some of the position players. So obviously last week it was predominantly punters. In fact, it wasn't predominantly punters. It was exclusively punters. <laughs> this week, we want to talk about some position players. And uh, Paul Manera from Bring It On Sports up in Sydney is going to join us very, very shortly and talk about a couple of his boys. Obviously, uh, mainly we, we spoke about these guys last season, the Muir brothers from Baylor. They're the main ones that we're going to be looking at, as well as uh, a couple of guys from Gardner Webb, uh, Adam Gotts from Georgia Tech, a couple of boys from Charleston, and and a, and a few more as well. So we chat to Paul about uh, those guys and and just give us a bit of an insight about what we can expect from these guys and and what type of guys they are. And and for those who don't know, Paul is actually the one, just like Nathan's, the one responsible for most of the punters or nearly all the punters uh, in in Division One. Uh, Paul's the one responsible for all these positional players. So between the two of them, uh, and, and John Smith as well with with Chappie, uh, these three guys are the ones that are basically the uh, you know channeling all our talented athletes in Australia for American football purposes into the Division One or into college football in general. So um, it's it's great that we've been able to over across two weeks be able to get uh, the brains trust of these uh, two guys in to talk about uh, all the talent across the board. Absolutely. And Paul actually joins us on the line now on the Flag Flies. Paul, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you going? Great, thank you. Uh, I suppose, uh, you know, uh, with all this Jared Hayne influx of news and, uh, you know, the the coverage that we're getting uh, for the sport now, uh, hopefully we can see a bit of uh, bit of this coverage, especially on Fox Sports, filter through to all the, the, the Aussies that are playing uh, as positional players in the college football system uh, and, and largely uh, as a result of some sort of connection or, or being facilitated through the work that you've done. And uh, I suppose the one that we want to lead off talking about today is uh, is Adam Gotzes from, from Georgia Tech, who, uh, who last year was an all-ACC second-team selection. Yeah, I mean, Adam's just, he's just... You know, grab the bull by the horns and just really taking this opportunity. Um, he's doing very, very well at Georgia Tech. He's very, very, you know, well respected by his peers and also coaches like his attitude. And um, I got to meet up with Adam uh, recently um, in Canton, Ohio, when he came over to visit to watch the Australian team play. And he's just a great guy. You know, he's good character. He's very down to earth. He's very grounded. He's very dedicated to what he's doing over there. Um, you know, I mean, a lot of the media is hyping him up to be an NFL, you know, player. I mean, none of that's phasing him. He's just totally focused on being the best that he can be. And and um, yeah, he's really doing himself proud. He's doing his club team, you know, proud back home in Victoria, the Monash Warriors, and also you know, all all the Australian um, good on community and. 
the fact that he even came over there to to see us play, but you know, and was willingly, you know, giving advice to the guys on what to do and stuff like that, shows he still has a real passion for for American football in Australia, and he, and he hasn't forgotten his um, hasn't forgotten where he came from, and he, he, you can tell he's, he wants to give back to the sport too, and he's very grateful for what he's been able to do, and he wants to give back, which is great. Obviously, he's had a terrific career at uh, Georgia Tech so far. What do you expect from him for this year? What do you reckon his goals would be uh, for this season? Well, I think his goals would be, you know, for... I think, you know, his own individual goals would probably be the best that he could be, uh, to be a contributor, um, to make a great contribution to the football team, probably be a leader. Uh, I think from a football team perspective, he, he wants an ACC championship. I think that's his number one goal from a from a team perspective. And I, and I think looking beyond that, obviously he does want to go to the NFL and, you know, graduate. I think that would be another goal of his, to, to get a quality education there, which I think he is going to graduate later this year. Uh, that's the tremendous thing is Georgia Tech is uh, is a worldwide recognised uh, world leading uh, institution. So uh, it's great that he's able to combine those two. Uh, last season, Georgia Tech surprised all pundits in uh, in college football. I think with uh, where they came from their preseason sort of predictions through to you know end up being uh, I think they finished the season ranked nine or, or ten in the in the country, which was uh, fantastic. Yeah. With Adam, uh, what do you see as um, you know, the, the ceiling for him. Is it is being drafted something that you believe is an achievable goal for him? I think so. I mean, obviously, you know, he's a little bit, uh, for an inside guy, he's probably a little bit, you know, not as heavy as what some of the guys are in the NFL, but what he has got going for him is quite flexible and he can stay low. And, uh, you know, I mean, I think, you know, when you can do that, it, it stops you. It helps prevent you from being pushed backwards. And you know, one of those things that you know, D linemen they can't afford to give ground on that line of scrimmage. So, I think the other thing that he's got going for him is he's quite coachable. And I think can, you know, he'll he'll adapt and do the best of what he can to, you know, to I guess step up um, per se. But I, I'd say if, if they have him as an inside guy, I'd say that would be the the thing that that. Um, he might have to, you know, maybe consider putting on more weight, but it's, you know, it's it's hard to say really. I mean, I saw a guy one day play in the NFL and can't even remember his name now, but he was, you know, six two and weighed two hundred and eighty pounds and played defensive tackle and, and done a great job. So, you know, um, yeah, it, it'll just be, it, you know. It, you really won't know until he gets out there and he starts mixing it up with those guys. Absolutely. The, the next uh, the next two guys that we want to look at is arguably from the, the biggest program that uh, that we've got Australians in uh, in Baylor. Uh, Blake and Sean Muir, the brothers out of uh, New South Wales, yep. who for the better part of last year, Baylor were, were ranked in the top four. Um, and arguably was, should have made a playoffs appearance as well. Yeah, arguably. Uh, end up uh, fifth. Uh, obviously, Blake was... Uh, was a starter there for pretty much well the entire year, and and Sean, I think, was he redshirting last year? Uh, no, Sean, Sean redshirted the year before. Uh, Sean got to play in some games last year, got playing time, which is great, and um, you know didn't make any major errors or anything. I mean, he held his own and did a good job. And both of those guys trained very, very hard. Um, you know, I've seen videos of them training. They trained down at um, a place called uh, Shire Speed and Strength, which uh, Pete Upham runs that gym and, and he's the guy that, you know, really, you know, has a passion for strength and conditioning and, and worked worked those guys very, very well and did a great job um, developing them so that they could go overseas and, and play. 
And, um, yeah, they're, they're working very, very hard. And, um, you know, Blake's going to be starting this year. Blake is very, very versatile. He can play centre, he can play guard, he can play tackle. Um, I really feel that Blake's going to be a guy that is probably either a first or second round draft pick next year. Wow. I mean, because I remember last year he uh, uh, he was starting left guard, wasn't he, for, for most of the yeah. year? Yeah, I, look, I can. Yeah, I think I think Blake. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say what round of the draft they'll go in. I think it's dependent on what the team's needs are. But like, he's he's a really good athlete. That guy. I mean, he's probably three hundred and ten pounds, maybe a bit more, maybe three hundred and fifteen pounds. Um, can run the forty yard dash in in you know under five seconds. Uh, has excellent. Um, he broke the record as a true freshman at Hawaii for the pro agility test. He's very agile, can change direction very, very well. And I watched him the other day on YouTube. He uh, power cleaned 180 kilos, <laughs> which is 400 pounds. <laughs> and, um, you know, that's that's awesome. I don't think I could probably lift that off the ground like a centimetre if I was <laughs> trying. Well, combine that, you know, he's got... He's a tall guy. He's like six foot five. So he's got he's got everything, you know, going for him. I mean, the, bit, the biggest thing is obviously he's got to stay injury free. He's got a great attitude. He's smart. He's very coachable. Um, yeah, I, I see big things for um, Blake, and you know, it's just amazing. I mean, you know, next year we look at the potential of having you know Jesse Williams, Jared Hayne, and um, you know Adam Gossis and Blake Mew in the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that would uh, that would be an outstanding sort of thing. With Blake, I remember uh, last season or in the preseason following him quite closely, and I think it was uh, a lot of talk between who was going to be the starting left guard between him and I think it was Laqu- uh, Laquan McGowan, who uh, is sort of become a bit of a cult um, uh, hero amongst college football um, pundits due to his sheer size. So yeah. I think it speaks a lot of, of Blake's ability that um, he beat out someone like Laquan uh, and, uh, and he's obviously, yeah, Shaping up for another big year this year with, uh, yeah, Baylor of all places. Yeah, no, he's uh, he's doing very very well, and you know I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing just how far he can go, and and with Adam too. I mean both both of those guys, you know. With with, with Sean, uh, obviously now that he's uh, getting into his junior year, redshirt junior year, I think it is. Uh, Redshirt sophomore year. Redshirt sophomore, sorry. Is that uh, and he got some playing time last year. He's undersized in comparison to. To Blake, uh, yeah, but he's um, you know, when you look at Sean, he doesn't look like he's a tall guy. But I've stood next to the guy; he's a legitimate six foot two, you know. And um, he's yeah, he's he's going to be. I I always believed in in um, in Sean, and that's why I got him to Baylor. And uh, but there were some coaches there who I talked to, and from lower levels, and they didn't even want him. And I just say, hey man, this guy can play. You know, I, I believe he can. You give him a few years in the program and see. What 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 you can't measure is what's inside of a person, you know. And they might be an inch shorter, but if their heart's ten times bigger, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. You can't measure that. And I think I think you know the fact that he actually got playing time last year as a redshirt freshman. Well, he's still got three more seasons, you know. So he's got this season and two more. And um, you know what? Yeah, I, I see. I think he's going to earn himself a starting spot at Bale. I'm not sure when. But, you know, um, if he got some playing time last year, I can see him getting more playing time this year, that's for sure. So what intangibles does Sean bring to, to the team? Sorry? What intangibles does Sean bring to the team and, and, and to the game in general? I don't, I don't think, I don't think. well, the intangibles he brings is just his work ethic, you know? He's a blue-collar guy, you know? He's just, 
and same with same with Blake. You know, those both of those guys. You know, they're not your rah rah guys. They just they just work hard. You know, now Blake Blake's got they just there to do a job. Blake, exactly. Blake's got you know more noticeable genetics. He's six foot <laughs> half. You know, but you know, Sean when Sean started playing, he was a wide receiver. Yeah. Oh, right. Wow. Yeah, and. Yeah, and um, so what, what? What age would he have made that transition? Uh, I think he was playing wide receiver, and I'm not exactly sure. Probably when he was around 15, 16 years right. of age, and then I think when he was seventeen, he probably started to make that transition and, and start, you know, working to become a lineman. See, the the big thing that people need to understand here in Australia is you need to play a position that you're fast enough to play, mm. right? And like. Um, if you're on a five flat in the forty, well, that's good good speed for an offensive lineman at the college level in America. So don't waste your time being a wide receiver if you're on a five flat. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think that's the the biggest uh, biggest uh, thing that Australians need to understand is that uh, the athletes in general that they have over in the US, you know, they're bigger and faster. So we have got to find that that niche area. Otherwise, you know, they're just going to get blown away. Yeah, and um, you know, I think. Um, you know, for me personally, I think it was pretty special with Sean and Blake that they um, they both got to go to the same school together because I know they're very close and, um, you know, like Sean was trying to get over there and, yeah, you know, we were able to, we were able to get him to battle and that was just a great thing, not just for not just for Blake and, and Sean but also for their mum and, and for their dad as well that, you know, when they go over there and visit them, you know, just go to one spot and see both of their sons because it's not easy to jump on a plane and go and see your kids every time you want to spend a bit of time with them when they're when they're living halfway across the world. Absolutely, especially in, in Waco, Texas. The, the the next one we need to speak uh, speak about because uh, we're we're already running behind schedule is uh, is Jordy Stalker at Gardner Webb, who uh, obviously uh, playing in uh, uh, in the FCS there. What uh, what do you see for Jordy this year? Uh, Jordy's doing very well. Um, I see him. Projecting to be a starter this year, he played in most of the games last year as a, as a tackle. Um, you know, Geordie, Geordie's doing very well for himself. He's kind of like, you know, obviously he's in a one double A school. They don't get as much um, notice uh, as some of the bigger schools like Baylor and Georgia Tech do. But he's doing very, very well for himself. And um, I see him. You know, I mean, it's just yeah, it's it's too early to tell where he's going to be. I th- what's what is he? I think he's a redshirt junior this year. Yeah, I think he's coming up to his junior year. I remember his mum uh, uh, messaged me on on Facebook through the Aussies and College page just to, to fill me in with how he's going uh, a few months back. So uh, yeah, I think he's up to his redshirt junior year. Actually, I don't think he's a redshirt junior. I don't think he got redshirt. I think he's just a you know pure junior. This is his third year, so he's going to have this season plus one more. Um, you know, and I look, he's you know he's he's working hard. He's doing really well for himself. I mean, it's hard to say yet. You know, because those lower-level guys, you don't hear much about them. You know, when when a guy like Adam Gosses does well at Georgia Tech, all of a sudden they're a third-round draft pick. Because they're, <laughs> they're on ESPN, the media gets to see them all the time. Guys like Jordan, he's going to be one of those guys, you know, if he dominates, even if he dominates at his level, no one's going to know about him except for the coaches who are actually doing the recruiting. But the fans won't. Like, the general fans like us, we won't know because we they don't get the exposure. But in saying that, if he does really well... The film does not lie, and the coaches, that's the first thing they look at, is how they perform on film. And if he's getting the job done in, in college and he can get himself, in, you know, a, a tryout somewhere in, in a camp or somewhere, or, you know, if he gets drafted, you know, good luck to him. But, um, yeah, but, no, he's doing very well. You know, he's playing and um, one step at a time. 
Now, we've got a couple of Aussies at Charleston, Jordan Corfline and Keenan Swan. Jordan Corfline came through your program, through the Future Stars program. What can you tell us about Jordan? Yeah, well, first of all, the, the Future Stars program is a program that um, Peter Toss is their coach. And what, what he did a couple of years ago is he got bringing on sports involved to get um, American coaches involved in the program. So we did that, and through Jordan, um, we got Jordan... You know, up into that program, uh, I had tested him before. He's a you know good kid. He's about six two, weighs about one hundred ninety pounds. Um, not overly fast in the forty, but he runs really good routes and he's got good hands. And um, I think Jordan's going to be one of those guys that um, you know he'll get to he'll get there. They've got a great receivers coach at Charleston who I got to work with um, over the summer at the World Cup. A guy by the name of Quinn Sanders, and Quinn's going to really really develop Jordan. Very well. I mean, I, I'm really happy for Jordan, but he's, he's going to Charleston because that's a, a great program. It's a good fit for him. Um, I think that uh, he'll be the kind of guy that will, you know, he'll probably start to push for playing time, you know, maybe this year. Um, but I, I certainly feel, I mean, it depends if they redshirt him or not, but I, I think he's going to be a good contributor to their program. Absolutely, which is which is exciting just to see. Uh, I suppose uh, uh, the whole spectrum or a fair spectrum of uh, positional players across college football. Um, we're, given that we're just running a bit behind time, we'll just run through that. Uh, Matt Leo is another one at Arizona Western this year. Alan Steinort at West Hills Community College in California, mm-hmm. and Jack Mann is at uh, a JUCO uh, up in South Dakota. Uh, just before we go, I was just curious to get your thoughts on the fact that now that we've got players like Gotsis, the two, uh, the Muir boys, Geordie Stalker. And, and Jordan Corfline uh, in the system, and, and with all the work that uh, Jared Hayne or the publicity Jared Hayne's yep. generating, and to be honest, relatively you know um, successful at the moment, all things considered. What's what? What do we need to to move this sport forward? Is it we've got the athletes? We just need to find them. Yeah, look, I think there's a couple of things that we need. There's there's probably a few key things. First of all, a lot of people that play the sport in in our country don't give anything back to the sport when they finish playing. So we need we need the you know Aussie players, the guys who play the sport, not just the guys who play for national teams, the guys who actually play, to give back when they finish playing and put something back into the game because we're going to get an influx of people wanting to play this sport, especially when Jaron Hayde makes it because I think he will, um, and we need coaches, you know, we need all of those things, we need that in- infrastructure there to be there for those for those people when they come here. So that's that's obviously um, one thing we need. The other thing we need is support from the Australian Sports Commission. Yeah, good point. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, my taxpayer dollars go to help soccer, and they go to help all these other sports. Well, you know what? I want some of my tax dollars to come back and help our sport of American football. Because if we had their help, right, if we had their help, we'd be a lot further down the track. Our sport is totally run by volunteers, you know, and I don't like seeing my... I don't like getting onto the Australian Sports Commission website and seeing how much money they pour into soccer and they pour into other sports that are already professional, and then they leave our sport out to dry. You know, I want to see some of my hard-earned tax dollar coming back to help our sport. I was um, I was under the impression, and obviously you'll be able to easily correct me on this, that uh, the national team has got some sort of uh, association with uh, the Australian Sports Commission? Oh, yeah. I mean, we've got an association, but we don't get any funding, any, any federal support. All of our players pay their own way to represent their country, right? Even the coaches do too. Okay, so what, 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 um, what support does that relationship give you at the moment? Um, when you're recognised by the Australian Sports Commission, it means that your coaching program can be recognised by the Australian Sports Commission. That means they say, yes, 
Gridiron Australia is a member of the Australian Sports Commission. We recognise Gridiron as a sport in Australia. Um, it also um, allows you to have your coaching accreditation program and your officiating accreditation program. It, it allows you entry into the National Coaching Accreditation Scheme. Um, there are some other benefits, you know, there as well. Um, and but there's no what I would say, you know, financial benefits, you know, and. And I'm not saying this to look for money, but I am saying that we need, as a sport, obviously we need people who can work at the sport full-time um, at an administrative level um, to help the sport grow. Like, we need people out there to run coaching accreditation and officiating accreditation. And it's very hard. Things move very, very slowly when your sport is run by volunteers. Absolutely. And that's and that's a big, big part of it. I mean, we, um, you know... And, that's, I'm just speaking the truth. This is, this is where the sport's at. It's run by volunteers. If, if we had some professional people or, or full-time people running the sport, um, it would make a big, big difference to, to what we can do and what we can achieve. It's a great game. You know, it's a fantastic game. It's been going for just over 30 years in Australia. Um, the small amount of people that play the sport in this country, I think we've got about 3,500. We've been able to send a lot of people overseas to play college football and I'd say outside of American Samoa I wouldn't be surprised if we're the number you know or outside of say American Samoa and Canada I'd say we'd be the third country the third foreign country to get you know as many players on scholarship you know outside of those two countries I'd say we'd be right up there with it. Well, it's an exciting time, mate. As, as we've seen in the last couple of years, more and more players are heading over, both positional players and uh, punters as well, mate. It's going to be an exciting season. We've got a whole bunch of blokes that we want to uh, look at. So thanks for letting us know a little bit about them, and, and thanks for joining us. As always, we can uh, find all your work at uh, bringitonsports.com.au. Paul, thank you so much for joining us. Yep, thank you very much, guys. Paul Monero there from Bring It On Sports. That brings us to the end of the show today. Chris Tyler and Lockie Miller. It's very, very close to the college football season, mate. It's been terrific the last couple of weeks hearing from both Nathan Chapman and Paul Monero about the players that we're going to be looking out for uh, throughout the entire season. It's going to be terrific. But that brings us to the end of the show because, like we said at the start, only half an hour, mate. And just one thing that uh, Paul said off air, uh, shout out to Lachlan Poor from Boston, Massachusetts. He was an Aussie who's over there playing quarterback uh, for the Crusaders, came through the Future Stars program as a 16, 17-year-old. Look we'll, out for him. We'll the... keep up to date with you, Absolutely. I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Quarterback. I mean, come on. Aussie playing quarterback. Bling, bling. He'd and also, uh, the Raiders Gridiron Youth Academy uh, is starting on some five-on-five five stuff. So uh, any of those uh, young kids looking to get into Gridiron, that starts next week up in New South Wales. You can find all our stuff at facebook.com forward slash The Flag Flies as well as our Twitter page at The Flag Flies. All of our podcasts is available at sen.com.au. Until next week, guys, we'll speak to you soon. Bye.